Hey, everybody. Tough times out there for a lot of folks, but we are still here. Bob Page, Denny McLean, Brandon McAfee. We're all welcoming you to the latest edition of No Filter Sports Podcast. You know, uh, Denny complained last time, if you were with us, and I presume you were, of course, on our last show. Denny was complaining, and he was right. He was totally right in complaining about it, that we spent way too much time on NBA knucklehead Kyrie Irving. So let me make this real short, then. (laughs) He's back. He's back after missing seven games, after thumbing his nose at his Brooklyn Nets teammates, at his coaches, and at Nets fans. Now... We can all be happy again because Kyrie's back. Of course, despite his 37 points Wednesday night, the Nets managed to lose anyway. Where's he been? He finally commented upon his return that he, quote, just needed a break. I know. It's been a long, long NBA season, hasn't it? He must be utterly exhausted at this point. Now, I just checked this online. I wanted to check this online. The average ticket price for a Brooklyn Nets game, and this is not a good seat, this is just the average price, is about $125. For a so, seat? For a seat. That's the average price, Denny, but if you want to get like a great courtside seat, you're looking at God. the hundreds even up to $2,000 for a seat. That's oh the average price. God. Okay, fine. So now let's take our typical American family of four just to get in the door to see one Brooklyn Nets game, that's going to cost you $500 for mediocre seats. Yeah. And you ain't paid for parking, rip-off right. prices. You haven't bought any concessions at rip-off arena prices. So if you want to take your family to see one game, it's going to cost you at least $750. And fans are supposed to pay to see this guy, to support this guy making millions and millions of dollars who obviously cares so little about his team that he just takes off, what, three weeks into the season and says he's tired? As P.T. Well, Barnum said, if Nets fans are going to do it, Denny, well, there's, there's a born. sucker born every minute. Yeah. And that's far as I'm concerned, enough said about this. You know, I've got, I, I got a little bit of a flavor for this, too. Um, you know, I can understand where he's coming from a little bit, if it's true. I mean, I just don't want him to think that he can take a week or two off every time he, he gets a bug in his uh, hip. Uh, but I, I can, if he's really serious about it, then he should take the appropriate amount of time off. Maybe he needs medical attention. Maybe he needs yes, some psychiatric other. attention, psychological well, attention. That's, what, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's not a good sign to see somebody leave because he's tired or he's got this or got a problem here, problem there. Man, you don't want to wake up the paper, wake up in the morning and read about him uh, doing something to himself. Now, that, now that's not the issue. No, he was no. having a well, good time. He was he was seen at a birthday party. They got video of him getting down. Brandon, what do you got? Well, what I believe is I believe that he is exhausted mentally because of the situation in the United States, he's obviously very passionate about uh, his beliefs within a lot of the movements that have been happening in the U.S. He's, he's very, sure. uh, he, you know, he's I don't very care. Involved I don't in care. BLM. You're a professional. He's Do also your job. probably a little bit, uh, you know, depressed because of COVID-19. But guess what? So is everybody yes. else in the yeah, entire let me, world. Let me throw something out there. If, if let's, let's, Twist the clock back 30 years, 35 years. If Brandon, were, Brandon was barely born. Yeah, he, I know. He can't relate uh, to that. But this is what I might should have uh, take a look at. If When they were making $50,000 a year, $60,000 a year, they died to play every night. They begged to play every night. Now they're making $8 million a year. 
they don't beg so much. <laughs> how much are they making a year? Well, I'm talking about. How much about, did you say they're making a year? No, Eight million dollars a year. No, Listen, Bob, that's, that's Bob, for, I'm that's for, just talking, Bob, Bob, Yeah, Bob. I mean, they're making 30 million a year, 40 million a year, whatever. Yeah, but making. there's a lot of guys making the, the, the minimum, too. Trying to know? get by, yeah. Yeah. On eight million so, a but year. My, but my point is, no, that, that's got nothing to do with it. My point is, when they were, when, when, and this, this wasn't these people, obviously, what, but when they played back in the 60s, 70s, and they're making 50 or 60 grand a year at max, probably, uh, they hustled to get to the ball. They hustled to get to the rink. They hustled. They never wanted to miss a, a, a minute because they wanted to get you wanted their to keep numbers your up. job. Absolutely. Well, right. that doesn't, that doesn't happen anymore. They all got it, it, their jobs. For did you ever have a teammate? Wanted. Did you ever have a teammate that just bailed because he was exhausted, Denny? You know, that just uh, quit the team for you know a stretch of period just because something was going on. I mean, obviously, we all have issues that happen in our personal lives, so there is sure. stuff that can pull us away from work. But you know, this one, it just seemed like he was he was just mad at the world, and so he yeah. took a break. Yeah, because I I'm trying to remember if. Uh, with the exception of deaths in our locker room, which are uh, completely parents. understandable when you right. take time off. Right. When you yeah. do that. And but I think what else does, it doesn't matter anymore about this. I want to ask you, Denny, when you guys won the American league championship in 1968, was there talk in the locker room about how much additional money you were going to get from the world series shares and how you were going to spend it, what you're going to do with it? Cause they don't need any postseason money these days either. It used to be important to you guys, didn't it? Oh man, listen, we got a check for 10 grand. That's all we made in the 68 World Series. Is that 10, right? 10,300, I think it was. Uh -huh. I mean, it was, we thought we were getting 100 grand, 150 grand. And I guess Mr. Campbell decided that's probably was too much for these young boys. That's well, just the tail wagging the dog about yeah, everything. So, you know, was. but enough about this guy, Irving. Now, I had um, mentioned on the last show that if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can't upset the Packers this Sunday, they would have a home game in the Super Bowl. Though, how many fans will be admitted to the NFL as we record this on a Thursday morning? They still haven't said. So if you're wondering, the Bucks would become the first team ever to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. And this is going to be the 55th title game. And Bruce Arians, of course, said what was expected that this week. He says, we don't play that game this week. We don't play the Super Bowl this week. And that's the message to our team. We play the Packers in the NFC Championship game. You start thinking about the Super Bowl and playing yeah. at home, you get right. your ass beat, and you'll be packing your bags on Monday. Yeah, you sure will be. Because if the worst thing in the world is to look at ahead you can look ahead if you know you're going to beat beat somebody but we're talking about the upper echelon here and you can't assume anything with these four teams out there this is going to be i think it's going to be a lot of fun watching this game i, I think so I, I hope it's miserable in green bay i love it when it's miserable and you're warm <laughs> watching on tv and i talked to uh god i can't think of his name right now a, a writer here used to be a writer here and um he was saying that he heard that they were going to allow about half the people in the ballpark uh, for the championship game, for the Super Bowl game. 
Oh, so, well, oh, I don't know. There are a lot of rumors yeah. about there yeah. about that. Yeah. I'll tell you what, even if I were a Packer fan, I wouldn't want to be in the ballpark come Me Sunday. Either. It's I likely don't. to be miserable. So that's the first game yeah, Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be snowing on Sunday, according to the forecast. Oh, yes. my goodness. Gracious. I can't wait. It's going to be 80 <laughs> degrees here where I am in West Palm Beach on Sunday. This is going to be fun to see. As I said, schadenfreude, the German the German word meaning the the uh, the enjoyment and the suffering of others. So the, the, the line on this game, boys, and you two were the ones who were in to this not i the packers are a three-point favorite over tampa the over under is 51 it shouldn't that be more than three points what do you think about that what do you no, think i don't think no you like that you like that yeah yeah i brandon and, you like that i don't know i don't know too much about spreads i yeah i don't i don't look at a game and when it when i when i see a matchup i don't i don't immediately think about the betting line i think of just other factors and you know in the playoffs Home field advantage is a big deal, especially when it's in Lambeau Field, especially when you're used to the cold and you have a team. And <laughs> you're coming from Tampa. They're going to take Tampa. one foot off, off that plane in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and say, oh, can we go back to Florida now? But you know what, Tom Brady, he's he knows how to play in cold he's weather. These it. are all pros. Rock is used to it. And yep. Dominican Sue's going to be there. We get to see him with another chance to make the Super Bowl after he left the Lions. He was already there once with the Rams and lost. So, you know, there's a lot of fun things. Things about this game because you know you got two fantastic historic quarterbacks one of them who's in his 70s or 80s Tom Brady this guy <laughs> has more I'm telling you he is he has had so much success in this league and in these playoffs that it's so hard to count him out but meanwhile you look at Aaron Rodgers who has proven something this year the Packers are playing well together this yeah. is going to be a fun game to watch I'm, I'm kind of pulling for the Packers uh in a, in, a, in a way, but I'm also kind of pulling for Tom Brady in a way. It's, yeah. it's weird. I don't have a yeah. real dog in the fight. That's yeah. fun to watch a game when you don't care. And I don't really talk about points, spreads until we get to this stage of the season. Because, frankly, that's what everybody seems to be talking about, whether you gamble, and I don't, or not. We also have a three-point spread on the second game Sunday. That's a 640 kick with Buffalo at Kansas City. What about that line over under 53? Is that enough points, or should the Chiefs be oh, getting that- more? Over under, I think uh, the Chiefs should be getting a couple. It should be, I think, like 57, 58, at least another three or four. I'd always or five. take the over on that. Yeah, absolutely. I um, uh, Listen, I don't know. If if the kid plays, Mahomes plays, uh, I think it's, I really believe it's a laydown hand. This is what he lives for. He wants, he. you know what? I think his mission is to win the Super Bowl every year. He's taking nothing for granted. Yeah. Hey, how do they work that? Danny, since, you're, since you've been uh, historically a gambler on these games, so it, they say it's a three-point game, Kansas City's favored, but as again, as we record this, they haven't said definitely that Patrick Mahomes is going to play. Right. So that changes the line dramatically. What happens? I mean, so could you make a bet today? Yeah, I say the sure. Chiefs aren't going to win by three points because Mahomes – and or. How, I mean, how do they do that? Yeah, I mean, it's open right now. You can go to the casinos, to some of the casinos who are taking the bets. Uh-huh. Uh, they will place it for you. They'll take care of it. Uh, from And it uh, doesn't change once you make your bet. That's the deal you Right, cut. your number kind of does not change. Your number yeah. is locked in when you get there. So, All right, now, you know, uh, and no, nobody can beat you. Nobody can cheat you. Okay. Well, you, you guys both said, especially you, Denny, that uh, the nine-and-a-half-point line favoring Green Bay over the Rams last weekend was not enough, and you were right, of course. Yet it's being reported, and folks, I know a lot of you out there listening right now, you're pretty sophisticated gamblers, so just pardon my ignorance. I've never been into this, but maybe a lot of you don't know this stuff either. Uh, it's being reported 
that the four games last week still made up a winning week for most sports books. The public cleaned up because they felt the way you did. They bet on Green Bay, loaded up on the Packers. Over yep. 80% of bets in the spread handle were on the Packers, not to mention most parlays or teasers. Again, you know what this stuff is. I, I just don't follow it. Green Bay never trailed in the game. And when they won 32-18, that hurt the bookmakers as right. the game went over 45 points, the over under the biggest reported bet on Green Bay was somebody walked up to the window at William Hill U.S. book and bet uh, $400,000 on oh, Green Bay to win. Baby. Yeah. So, right. I mean, but they, apparently they, they, the books did well on the other games. Uh, so, and, 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 you know, I don't know if you, if you've seen this, but um, beginning at noon, on Friday, tomorrow, 24 hours from now, where we are, yeah. Michiganians will be able to legally place sports wagers yeah. and to gamble online. The bell so the rings Mi tomorrow. That's right. So the Michigan Gaming Control Board has authorized nine different operators to launch online sports betting or both uh, on both online gaming and sports betting, so on and so forth. Um, this is a good thing. It seems to me that people are going to bet anyway. So now the state's going to get a cut, right? Is, that, is this yeah, a good thing? Yeah, that's what this is all about. The, the state finally is going to get their money. I, uh, I just never thought, I don't know why I said that, but I just never thought we would see online gambling this early in its in its life um i thought they'd wait another five or ten years and check out all the problems just like with the medication well they've they been doing it for be, years and years and years i've had well, a no, FanDuel account for you know what eight years now or something like that the problem is it's not based in michigan so every time i make a bet, you know, the money is going here, the money is going there. And, and now we have Greek Town that's partnered up with Barstool Sports and and they're going to be able to do their own. So, that, you know, I, I think it's a good thing, too, because people are going to bet anyway. OK, I've they had are. a lot of friends uh, who've been football gamblers over the years. And Denny, this would apply to you, too. They just bet with a bookie. They, they yeah, sure. Now, so is this going to put bookies out of business? How is that going to affect illegal uh, bookmaking? No. Listen, the, the bookmaker is a local guy who comes into the bar every week to pick up his money or pay some money. I mean, that's you know what? That goes with the territory. I mean, you're going to gamble and you, and you got your favorite spot you want to go to. I mean, listen, there's uh, a dozen guys I know that bookmake. And, uh, you know, but they're all little people when you think about the amounts of money, you know, $20, $40, $50. It's not the big guys that go to the casino and walk in there with 400000 They do take it to the uh, casino. Why do I want to continue to bet illegally with a bookmaker if I can now do it legally online in Michigan? You probably don't. You so this is going to hurt the bookmakers then to get back well, to the question you, I just asked. You, I, no, I don't think so. You know, you're always going to have those gamblers who uh, aren't going to be able to pay up front. And I think that's where your bookies will come in. But Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I get it. You'll break right. your knees and all that fun stuff. Yeah, so that's what's going to happen. <laughs> they'll, with break your foot. You know, I, they'll break your foot and uh, you'll have to miss a bunch of time for the 1968 Detroit Tigers. Is that true, yeah. Denny? Did you get your foot broken because of a bet? According to, your, oh, no. according to your Wikipedia page, it no. says that you got your foot broken by the mob. Oh, Danny's told this story. The mob? The mob was in uh, <laughs> You tripped Washington. over a dog, right? Oh, wait a minute. The mob was in Washington, <laughs> D.C. last week. <laughs>
<laughs> Whatever no, it was. That story not true. Not at Isn't all. Isn't it weird that Whatever the you know was, Wikipedia can have all this fake right, information? Bring it back to reality here. You're right. Just saying that's what people get a lot of their information from. <laughs> and, and it's a horrible and it's a horrible thing because you don't realize how it, how much it can hurt. I'm not talking about for any other reason, but personally, it, yeah. when they, and you've told them the, the, the absolute truth and the absolute facts of the situation and no, it's a better story the way that they accept it. That's mm-hmm. all there is to it. They don't want to know the truth. And Brandon Denny has told his side of the story I many times. Now, I, I still feel like it, there should be an episode that we do where we just completely go through Denny's Wikipedia page, read it out loud, and then he can say, yes, that's true, or no, that's <laughs> right. not, because I'm well, telling by, you, oh, by it's, the way, it's a you, wild been, read. Speaking of that, I, you know, yeah, that, that reminds me of something. Denny, you've mentioned this more than once on this program over the last two years. People are interested in making a movie about your life. What is the status of that? What's the right holdup? Well... Um, it takes a long time to get these agreements in place. They've been working on the agreement now for just about a month. And I was told it would oh, take good. Okay. Up, so, to, so, up to 90 days. Uh-huh. So we're waiting on the uh, first draft of the agreement. Well, what we'll kind of movie there. is it going to be? Is somebody going to play you or is it going to be a documentary? Yeah, yeah. Or somebody's going to, somebody's going to play me. Well, Mark and, Wahlberg uh, wanted to play you, didn't he? Yep, absolutely. And, and he's still there, uh, as part, I, we think he's still part of that group. Uh, and, uh, but we'll have a lot more information a week after next. And, uh, hopefully, uh, he stays with it. Cause you know, you'd, you'd like to have a big name to carry the movie, you know, to start with, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking, I finally am looking forward to it. You I know never, what? can I ask this question? Is the hold sure. up the fact that the producers want to go based on all that crazy wild stuff that's on Wikipedia and you're telling them, no, that's not true. So you can't do that. That's a real question I'm asking you. I know you are. Um, Because I could see Hollywood wanting to exploit the craziest stories that are out there. Absolutely. They want to have stories underneath a bridge. They want to, with some of the stuff that was written that I met the the mob guys over a place called, you remember Topinka's Restaurant? Topinka's Restaurant. I do. Seven Mile and Telegraph. Yeah, I do. Um, that's where they say I met with the big guy, uh, Jackaloni, and Jackaloni read me the riot act. I know Jackaloni could walk in here right now, and I wouldn't know who the hell. Okay, he well, okay. This all, all this being what it may, are you going to have control over the way Hollywood presents this? Yes, some, most of it. Yes, some. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is going to be interesting to see if this comes to yeah. pass and how they treat yeah. it. Yeah. How they treat it. Well, you know, I mean, I do gamble. It, excuse me. We've we've turned it down three other times when when they went wild okay. with the script. So. All right. So you do have some control over. Oh yeah, okay. we do. We do. All right, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, I I do gamble. Uh, I have to come clean, but of course I have done my gambling on Wall Street. And folks, I haven't been too good at it over the years. Yeah, I made some money and I lost a hell of a lot of money too. So what I should have done is I should have gotten a professional like Luke Nowacki to guide right. me through good the market. Idea. You know, I mean, the market's up, the market's down. It's been crazy up. Is it going to stay crazy up this year? Nobody knows. And Luke isn't going to tell you that he definitely knows either. But this is 
a steady hand, an experienced guy with a track record of success, decades of experience, in fact. And what Luke Nowacki will do is sit down and talk to you about your investment portfolio and most importantly about your goals, whether they're short term, whether you're planning to retire in a few years or whether you have a family and you want long term to, to look at possibly paying for college educations in the future, whatever you want, this is the guy to call. And the number to call is 248-663-4748. Not going to cost you anything. Luke Nowacki is going to give you a complimentary consultation. You lay your cards on the table. He's going to tell you what he thinks. And then if you feel comfortable, let Luke guide you. Okay. He's ethical. He's knowledgeable. He's caring, as we always say. Pinnacle Wealth Strategies is the name of the company. His advisory services are offered through Royal Alliance Associates. So you'll want to call Luke Nowacki. And again, the number is 248-663-4748. You're listening to the No Filter Sports Podcast. Question for you. Who do you think out of the four quarterbacks, is this possible to answer? Who's the best quarterback? Well, this year, yeah, you're, obviously, you're talking about Tom Brady, arguably the greatest who ever lived. Who's the best quarterback now? You've yeah. said that Mahomes is the greatest quarterback who's ever lived, which is ridiculous is so far. This is a different, but we don't know again. Yeah. yeah, the status of his injury, so it's hard to answer. It's a good question, Danny, but it's hard to answer. I can answer Wait. you my. I can give you my top four right now. I think it's Aaron Rodgers number yeah, one. I think so, yeah. just because yeah. of his performance. I think it's Josh Allen number two, just yeah. because he is doing crazy things offensively in Buffalo, then again, sure you can always get a bad day with him. And yeah. then I, I really think even though he's hurt, it's going to be Mahomes number three. He'd normally be number one, but he's not 100% healthy. And unfortunately, Tom Brady, probably the GOAT greatest quarterback ever to play, ranks number four for me just because of his age and uh, you know maybe arm strength or something. I agree with you. I mean, yep. I take no argument with any of that. It's it. They're the four greatest ones right now. They're the best. They know what they're doing. You know what? I see. I'm more impressed with the game plans, how they run the game plans, how the how these uh, tight ends and the running backs wind up at the place they're supposed to be all the time, going through four or five, six guys to get there, and they do it in about three or four seconds. I, I just, uh, it's amazing to me, just amazing. To and, me. I, and I do like the commentators. Uh, my personal favorite, it's so subjective as Chris Collinsworth, but I, I know that Brandon loves Tony Romo and what's not the love. He's great. Also, yeah. I love the way they explain this stuff to us because professional football really is highly complex. That's why these coordinators are making a couple million dollars a year because the defenses and the offenses have become so complex. Complex, and it takes a uh, just short of a genius to learn all the plays. Believe me, it does. Boys, the uh, the FLs made it official on Wednesday. They formally named Dan Campbell their latest head coach. So the latest Ford family five-year rebuilding program can now begin. I mean, come on, somebody's got to coach the team. But I got a question for you here about this. Dan Campbell uh, was not uh, in demand uh, too much. Right. My guess is to become, for the first time, uh, an NFL head coach, he probably would have crawled or taken a Greyhound bus to Detroit or to any market to get what he's getting financially and to have this great opportunity for his career. How come Detroit felt that they had to give him a six-year contract? Why? Well, Sheila said it better than any of us can say it. She said he blew the competition away. When he walked out the door. I don't care. Why a six-year contract? Well, she's the boss. That's why. 
I mean, not, and, uh, and apparently not, they uh, fell in <laughs> love with, listen, they didn't have a second meeting with anybody, with anybody. Nobody had two meetings with her. Well, they had one scheduled, else. but he canceled it. Right, right. But, but bottom line is this guy went in, did a sales job. I, gee, we should buy a car, a car uh, joint and let him sell cars for us. If he can, I, this is it. not my point. You could have gotten this guy for, for federal minimum wage plus that, tips. Why six years? Why not? I mean, that's because that's you're going to be paying him off millions of dollars. What if it doesn't work out? But it's not your money. It's not my money. And they got plenty <laughs> of money. Debating that either. You know, they I got just, plenty yeah. of money and they can listen. They're running a big business, a billion dollar business. They think they know what they're doing now. <laughs> yeah, <right>. Historically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they think they know what they're doing. I right. knew that was going to get in at least Sheila. A we trust in Sheila. We trust. Do you right? know the last coach? Do you know the last coach to spend six years in Detroit is Wayne? You have to go all the way back to 1996 when Wayne Fonts, yeah, yeah, 88 yeah. to 96. Other than that, Bobby Ross, Gary Moeller, Marty Morningwig, Steve yep. Mariucci, yeah. Dick Duran, so Rod Marinelli, why? Jim Schwartz, so Jim Caldwell, Matt Patricia, God, Darren Bevel, leave. Robert Prince. They got to figure it out. I don't know. I don't know if I, these I contracts really make so a difference you know or not. But you think, Brandon? Do you think it's the culture, or do you think it's the lack of talent? I don't know. That's a long stretch. From 1996, <laughs> there's been a lot of football play. From 1963, you know I mean? when Little Billy got control of the Lions, that's a long stretch, Brandon. You're right. You know, a lot of a lot of coaches and a lot of teams have succeeded in the last, what is that, 25 years. And yeah, sure. to not have a coach that lasts past five years, I, I want to say that Jim Schwartz was here for five or something like that, but that is a pretty bad look on the organization itself. Yeah. And and the thing that, that would piss me off were I still a Lions fan, which, as you know, I am not. Another guy with no Detroit, no Michigan background, he rides into town courtesy of the blithering FLs, and he just doesn't get it. Headline story in the Free Press on Wednesday read, I'm quoting, Brad Holmes wants Lions fans to trust the process. That's a quote, but right. for how long? For how long? Lions fans, those of you left out there, have been asked to trust the process since November of 63 when Bill Ford, nothing else to do in his life, got control of the franchise at 57 years. That's how long. So you think Brad Holmes has a clue about this? Do you think he's ever even heard of Russ Thomas? Do you think that he understands the suffering that many of you have gone through? Do you think he cares about that? He's from Tampa, Florida, and he wasn't even born till 1979. And I guarantee you, when he leaves Detroit someday, he'll be telling people, we've seen this before, that he was shocked by the, quote, negativity surrounding the Detroit Lions franchise when he came in on the part of the media and the fans. It's just a broken record. Yeah, you but, really, Bob, a lot expect of... Expect it to change. You expect it to change. Right. Professional teams wind up like that from time to time. They wind up being booed right out of the stadium. It's happened numerous times all over the country. And uh, you're not going to do anything about that. The fan's entitled to do whatever he wants to do within safety constraints. I don't know where you're going with that. That The well, issue is that no, this is no. a singular failure. It's uh, you know, almost singular The Detroit fans, the though, Detroit I'll say this. The Detroit fans, they are yeah. still rabid football fans. They are yes. definitely That's give this guy point. a chance. Now, it's up to him whether or not they love him because in this town, all we've known is losing. So if you get a coach that comes in and wins, he we're going to build statues of the guy all yes. over this town. I'm <laughs> telling so you, too. this town and it's, and it's is a lot rabid of young for people. football despite the worst football team.
Right. It's a lot of young people your age, let's say under the age of 50, uh, who you know have grown up with the Lions. They haven't been subjected to what the rest of us have, the miserable failings of this team since Bill Ford got control. I mean, look, it's gotten so bad, boys, that my buddy and former guest on this show, Rob Parker, actually sent me a text this morning. And Rob told me that President Biden even addressed the issue on Wednesday. Yeah. With all of the latest changes the FLs have made, President Biden was asked when we could expect the Lions to win the Super Bowl. It did not happen. It will never happen. Not today. Not tomorrow. Not ever. Not ever. <laughs> <laughs> President Biden gets it right, Denny. Not Does, ever, not in he, our lifetimes. <laughs> is, is that what he was answering? That yes, of course answer? it is, Denny. Oh, you know that. They asked him about. Come on, Denny, get with the program. I know you watched the president's address. Why? Why? Why not have a little fun with that? That's well, okay. sure. Let's have a lot of fun with it. I yeah, mean, there's yeah. lots of things that up until yesterday weren't very funny, but today humor is making yeah. a an appearance someplace well we've been talking of course as has everybody about the covid situation in sports and uh i asked the question one more time rhetorically at what point do you just give up do you give up now we told you on the last show we did that george hill of oklahoma city asking about all the covid restrictions regulations cancellations in the nba and said what are we playing for what, what are we doing this for? Tuesday of this week, we learned that Michigan State's game scheduled for Saturday against Illinois has been postponed. That is the third straight game the Spartans have called off due to COVID-19 issues in their program. It's the fourth this season. And now Tom said there were three more positive tests Sunday within the Michigan State program, including a freshman walk-on named Davis Smith. Boys, in the NBA, after witnessing some opposing players disregarding new league rules against unnecessary contact on game nights, the league is actually moving team security guards into midcourt onto the court after its games to stop the players from hugging and handshakes after games with each other. This is what it's come to in the NHL. The great Alex Ovechkin and three teammates <laughs> so you were placed on the COVID protocol. Go ahead, man. You want to so interrupt can, me here? Sorry, you can guard a player for 40 straight minutes, sweating all right. over him. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. The second you want to give him a high five and a hug, that's, that crosses the line. It's, okay. it's unbelievable. Okay. Yeah. Well, nice so logic. Now, okay, so now Ovi, Ovi and three teammates get together, and they've been since placed on the COVID protocol-related uh, list by the NHL. And the Washington Capitals fined over $100,000 for what they did. What did they do? Ovi, center Evgeny Kuznetsov, defenseman Dmitry Orlov, goaltender Ilya Samsonov, all of his Russian buddies, they got together, social interactions among team members. They were in a hotel room just talking, and they weren't wearing their face coverings league found out about it hence the fine and the guys i guess are on the covid protocol now this is just it's it's unbelievable what's when going on when you were on. doing when you started doing this did you say somebody got their nuts cut off i did not no oh, you're course, hearing things you sounded again. like it yeah, yeah. oh yeah. And by the way do you realize that um while teams like the wings have played four games i think the leafs now have played five after the game i watched on um uh, wednesday night with edmonton while yeah. the wings have played four games in the new nhl season the Dallas Stars have not been able to play a single game yet. 
Yeah. Not one game because of COVID protocol. It's really something. Now, the Wings on Monday noon versus Columbus, I presume, Denny, with not much else going on, you've been watching the Wings. I hope you have. I know Brandon has. So they, they were up one nothing in the second period on Bobby Ryan's second goal as a wing in as many games. He's got four now in three games. Yeah, right. He's been terrific. All of a sudden, NBC put up a graphic supplied by a gambling enterprise this is the odds to win the NHL's new and temporary due to COVID central division in which Detroit plays. Now, again, I don't understand a lot of gambling terms, but Tampa defending Stanley Cup champs was the favorite on the list at plus 130. Carolina was second at plus 400. They've got COVID problems now. And dead last of the eight teams, Detroit at plus 5,000. Whatever that means, that sounds like a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, it means uh, you got the best side of the money bet. That's what it means. It, <laughs> I, it, it doesn't it, sound like they think much of the Detroit Red Wings. Well, they, they certainly don't. Uh, and they're probably, well, the, the, the casinos will certainly well, find that out. They already know it. They, they, they can see it coming. It's, but you know what? That's the reason they play the game. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. You know, it's right, right, well, rightfully so, though, because I, I will say that, you know, the Red Wings aren't likely to go anywhere this year, but I will say, based on it, they've only played four games. Right. But I wouldn't have been able to tell you that they'd be two and two. And to tell you the truth, they look pretty damn exciting so far. They, uh, you know, I want to be careful about that. I know. Brandon. Listen, listen. I know the talent isn't there yet. The shots on goal need to go up. The puck possession needs to go up. But so far, I've seen these guys dropping gloves, throwing fists, which is always fun. I've seen them win overtime <laughs> games, which is great. They had right? a pretty decent-looking power play the other night, which, uh, which, which was, it was just nice to see. It was, it, was, it was something you didn't see last year or the year before or the year before. So, yes, we're barely into the season, but they're given a little bit of hope here. I think they're going to finish a lot higher than expected, but I don't I do think too. that they're going to – I don't think that, that, that – Bet. I don't think you want to put a lot of money on them to win the Stanley Cup. Okay, so after no, they, I, I after they posted uh, these long odds, it was kind of ironic. The roof caved into the wings. They gave up three unanswered goals. And it got so frustrating that, as Brandon alluded to a moment ago, there was a fight, and the combatants were Zach Wawenski and his best friend, Wings Captain Dylan Larkin. And I'm surprised that nobody brought this up. Old-time Detroiters, I mean, like me, because I remember this very well. One time at the Olympia, Gary Unger, who'd been banished by Darkness with Harkness, one of the most popular athletes in Detroit back in Denny's era. Gary Unger was traded. They're back to play the Wings. His best buddy on the team had been Nicky Libet. And they got into a fight. And answer is, how could you guys possibly fight? They said that back then the same thing that Lark said the other night and, and that Zach Wierenski of Gross Point, his teammate at the University of Michigan, said, it just happens. You don't know. It's just, you know, something That's happens. Right. You turn around, you're throwing them. You don't even, you know, realize what you're doing. So Tuesday night, the next game, and this is where Brandon's getting his optimism from. I thought Jonathan Bernier played well again. Bobby Ryan scored another goal, and the Wings did win in overtime. My thing, Brandon, is this. As you know, that was a fluke goal. Dylan took the shot 15 seconds in, and it just kind of hit Tyler Bertuzzi and bounced A lot in. of goals in the NHL are fluke goals. It, yeah. A lot of goals the Wings have scored, have the goals they have scored. There have been several fluke goals. So what I'm looking at is a team that, to me, still does not have enough offense they just, I don't, I just don't Bob, think there's going to be enough started, scoring Bob. here. Bob, they just started. Denny, it's the Four talent games. level. 
If well, you think you know anything about the talent level of the Detroit Red Wings, Denny, you can start telling me all about what you know. Bob, I know I probably know as much as you do. Oh, I don't think you do, Denny. Oh, oh I, do, I don't think so, Denny. Bob, I'm not, I'm not in the business of <laughs> yeah. doing tests. All right? You couldn't I, name I, three I players on the team. I can name plenty of players <laughs> on the team. But you know what? Why do you want to put somebody down, whether it's me or somebody sitting in L.A.? Why do you want to put everybody down all the time? Is that what I do? I yeah, put everybody do, down Bob. all the time. So anyway, the wings. I'm play on your team. I'm on your team. I I, I'd that. like to feel some of that once in a while. Right. You know what so I mean? So now we have a. We'll, we'll get another Bob, look. I'm going to cry, Bob. I'm going to cry if you don't start treating me. Don't cry, Danny. Things okay. are going to get better for all, for right. all of us, for everybody. Don't okay. cry. You don't want me to call Eli, do you, and tell him you're crying on the show? Oh, that would be funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> wings are going to play uh, Chicago. Uh, national TV, 1230 on Sunday afternoon, and they're going to play Friday Ten night minutes as well. ago, I had we'll something to say, and I'm going to say it now. I need 30, can I have 30 seconds? You can have, <laughs> you can away, have a minute Denny. and 30 seconds, pal. Well, you can have well, whatever you this want. Is, this is what I've seen with the Red Wings, the, the, the two games that I watched, most of both games. There is last year, and I'm not disparaging last year's team, they just didn't. They played. They hustled. They, they did their thing. Let me finish. Let me finish. There's a different kind of hustle and another kind of hustle. These guys are playing at the new hustle rate. I mean, these guys are chasing the puck. They're chasing everybody. And that's what the fans want to see. I want to see it. You want to see it. And last year's club, like you said, they sucked. Mm -hmm. I want to say this, and it's something that you uh, mentioned that you wanted to talk about, Denny, before we began recording the show. And boy, I, I'm uh, I'm up for it too. And we're going to do that uh, in just a second, right after I tell you folks about Hall Financial. We want to say a big thank you to them. Such a great supporter of this show and all the shows on Drew Lane's Red Shovel Network. So um, we've been telling you for some time, and I hope you've taken advantage of this. Eli did his mortgage uh, through them, redid it. Mortgage interest rates are now in the twos. The twos. Remember when you were paying a lot more than that years ago? 8%, 10%, whatever it was. So you want to call David Hall Financial today, and they're going to tell you how much refinancing your mortgage is going to save you every month. Go to our website, nofiltersportspodcast.com, and there you're going to see the Hall Financial link. Click it. That'll get you started, or give them a call if you prefer. The number is easy to remember, 248 248- Three zero eight five thousand. That's two four eight three zero eight five thousand. Hall Financial. There, you're going to find out how quick and easy the Hall process is. And when you call, make sure you tell them the No Filter Sports Podcast with Eli Zaret, Danny McLean, and Bob Page sent you. You are listening to the No Filter Sports Podcast. So, what you wanted to talk about, Danny, was just a, this this whole aura of depression, the whole environment, this yeah. lazy environment. And I want to say, thank goodness for the games in sports that are being played. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't really go anywhere because there's nowhere to go. Right. I've had tickets for months to see the great jazz guitarist, Pat Metheny at a very cool old converted movie theater down here in Stewart, Florida. They called me on the phone yesterday. Guess what? Concert canceled. Did I want a refund? No concerts, 
no music clubs, no games you can go to, movie theaters shuttered. Do you want to go sit at a bar? I don't think you can even do that in Michigan no. and try mm. to have conversations with people through masks. So you got right. TV, reading, puzzles, and of course, listening to podcasts. Not too many entertainment options left, are there? I watch more sports on TV now than I think I ever have in my life. How about you guys? Denny, how are you handling this, Brandon? How about you? Brandon, you want to go first? <laughs> sure, I guess. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm miserable. I've been sitting in this same basement for almost a full year now because I have I have family Welcome. members, close family members who are uh, were recommended not to contract the virus and uh, that that's just the reason why. And so I've been doing all my work from my basement and I'm, I'm, I got cabin fever. I want to get out. Yeah, I, 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 I just want to go back to work on site and give me the shot. Let me get back to work and I'll be a happy man. Yeah, I agree with you. It's just a matter of time before we get the shot. They, they blew, uh, I don't know. What was it? 12,000, uh, a virus uh, yeah, it's been a pretty bad distribution yeah, you've gotten a, your first shot right denny yeah i sure did good oh you went uh, and got it uh, yeah eli said he got his i talked to him the yeah, other day eli got his. you'll be very proud of me uh, a doctor acquaintance of mine told me the other day that i should get a shot so i said okay i'm gonna do it i'm gonna get a shot good. yeah our 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 supermarket chain down here in florida as many of Publix. you know is public very good it's Publix. But they got great so, crab um, legs yeah, so what they two for one deals, buy one, get one free. Also, that's what I love about Publix. But anyway, so they decided that, that they're going to roll out the shots at every Publix in the state of Florida. That's a big deal. It's a big yeah. deal. So you go online and you just make an appointment. You go to your nearest Publix. Mine's almost right outside my door and you get your shot. I went online yesterday to make my appointment. Every appointment at every Publix is booked. Jammed. Yeah. Booked. It's a good thing, couldn't, though. Couldn't get in. Yeah, yeah I think so. I, I think you're right. And it, so, you know, with it, all these uh, games, fortunately, going on, you know what I do? I, I have my my viewing planned out in advance, and I look at every you know schedule. I look at every schedule, every game schedule, with a degree of trepidation in the morning, thinking, yeah. "Are they going to play?" So right now, I'm looking at Friday night. I'm looking at Michigan at Purdue basketball, and I'm thinking, "God, I hope that game's played." Well, oh, I sure hope they can play the game. Yeah. Well, they well, did play against Maryland. On yes, Tuesday night, hallelujah, no Dan Nockich to spoil our viewing. Lisa Byington did the play-by-play, a woman play-by-play uh, artist. And you know what? I, I thought she was pretty good. And you have to remember that Lisa played four years of basketball at Northwestern. So she knows the game. Northwestern's such a great academic institution. She's smart. It was fine. Went off pretty much without a hitch, except if you were a Maryland fan, Michigan led 17 to three pretty quickly right there. And then for whatever reason, Michael Smith and, and Isaiah Livers are being left alone. They, they, they were just draining three after three. Mainly, I guess the reason that Mark Turgeon did that is that he wanted to double Hunter Dickinson. Well, you can do that all you want. It didn't work. Michigan led by 17 at the half, 42-25 on France's three-pointer. They were eight from 14 from three-point land. Mm. Three-pointer right at the buzzer. But Hunter was scoreless until two and a half minutes into the second half. It, it didn't work. Strategy didn't work. Austin Davis came in and played well. It was never a game. Maryland's a good club. They wind up losing 87 to 63. Wow. About that. Michigan's you see what happened good, with man. The, Michigan's real good. Yeah. You see what happened with the Penn State game, by the way? You, you know, they lost to Purdue on Sunday. The interim coach at Penn State is Jim Ferry. He got in hot water. The Big 14 fined the university $10,000 for 
for the outrageous comment that Jim Ferry made about the officiating afterwards. Here's the quote. The officiating was a little uneven or inconsistent, end quote. That's what he said. And that's what got the university fined $10,000. And you why? So just because he criticized the ref, they hit him with Is that really much random? criticism? My God. That much of a criticism? God, he should have never been sensitive? he should have never been near the MLB. Oh, if he thinks yeah. that was bad, he should hear the real bad stuff. How about the Pistons? Boy, they did a great job uh, on Clint Capella Wednesday night in the game against Atlanta in overtime, which of mm-hmm. course Detroit lost. They held Clint Capella under 30 rebounds. Yeah. Yes, folks, that's right. Capella <laughs> 26 rebounds against Detroit in that game to go with 27 points. The Pistons are now a pathetic three and eleven. God. It's just it's, I, I you know I, th- I think it's always good to listen to the other teams' announcers rather than the PR bullcrap spin you get from home teams everywhere because the home team guys are always they're kind of looking to keep their jobs you know so in the Pistons' embarrassing loss at Miami Monday night the Heat broadcast nestled on a tight shot of Blake Griffin early in the fourth quarter longtime Heat announcer Eric Reed who really is the George Blaha of Miami he's been with them a hundred years you know. He said about Blake Griffin, quote, he's got a career average of 22 points a game this year under 14. He's one of four from the field tonight. He hasn't gotten near a free throw attempt this year. He's taking just three free throws a game. Once an above-the-rim guy, he's now just a spot-up three-point shooter. Sidekick John Crotty added, quote, his game has not grown as he's gotten older. A lot of the guys who come into the league who are super athletic become more skilled if they want to last. He has not done that at this point, and he can't move at all anymore. As Eric said, quote, again, a very old 31. The Detroit oh, I was, was going to ask you, how old is he? 31 is yeah. not very old. It's not very old. He's had a whole bunch of injuries. Detroit led that game by 19 in the opening quarter, then began a steady collapse. And how yeah. about this? Two of the yeah. top guys from Miami in this game and on the team are Duncan Robinson, out of the University of Michigan, and Kendrick Nunn, out of Greg Campy's program at Oakland University. Each had 18 points. Two local guys that could have been had easily by Detroit, and they just missed them, and they're sure helping Miami. Detroit does have Wayne Ellington, and they pointed out, and again, I don't think you would have heard a lot of this negative stuff on the Pistons broadcast, to be sure. The Miami guys pointed out that Wayne Ellington is now playing for his 10th NBA team in his 12 year career. Holy 12 God. years, 10 teams. That's, That's a pretty good gig. Yeah. Go from Denny, one store to the other. Yep. Your time to shine, Denny. We have another huge move by your boy, Al Avila. This week, he signed the immortal Erasmo Ramirez and invited him to Lakeland for spring training. I don't know whether they're going to make him buy a ticket, actually. He's 30 years old, a nine year vet. He pitched a little with the Mets last year, but I see a lot of Mets games on TV in New York, and I don't personally remember seeing him. Danny, how about these names? Avila has inked a slew of pitchers to deals. Ian Kroll also, remember him. Locke St. John, A.J. Ladwig, Henry Martinez, Zach Shepard, Israel De La Cruz, Miguel Del Poso, Robbie Ross, and Andrew Moore. You know what, Denny? It looks like your boy Al's approach to the offseason is apparently, as they say, if you throw enough feces up on the wall, something might stick. 
It's uh, it's sad. I I just don't understand it. I'm sorry. I don't. Nobody can explain it. They're just burying the money. Nobody's getting any money. I mean, the chump change in the grand scheme of things. And I just, what is the organization doing? They don't buy anybody. They don't. They really don't sell anybody. Uh, here they they're trying to uh, sign a guy by the name of Mitch Moreland. Um, I mean, He's this never stops. It's a bunch of names no one's ever heard of. That doesn't qualify him for or against the Major League Baseball. But the bottom line is, you gotta stir it up. You gotta put that. You've heard me say this a thousand times: the nucleus, the nucleus, the nucleus. Right. For some reason, they don't want to do it. Well, I let, don't get it. Let me, let me. This is because I've been trying to figure out what their approach is. Yeah. Because you see, guys, you see, <laughs> yeah. seriously, you see, you see teams like the Mets who are out and they're making splashes. We just saw the Toronto Blue Jays land yeah. George Springer, who is the number one touted free agent this year. George Springer, a fantastic leadoff outfielder who just crushes bombs. He's been great for the Astros. He's 31. They signed him to a deal, and now they're going to add him to Vladimir Guerrero, to Kevin Biggio, to uh, Bo Bichette, all these young studs who are some, you know who, who are going to make the the Blue Jays' offense pretty good. Now they still need pitching, well, you know all that stuff. But when we take a look at the Tigers and the lack of moves that they've been making despite having A.J. Hinch, who was a highly coveted managerial uh, candidate for pretty much everybody. And see, I think personally what they're doing is they're going to wait until Manning, Mize, Green, and Torkelson are all full-time, everyday players before they make their free agent splash. That's the only thing I can come up with. And here's the thing, here's the thing, because I did mention the Blue Jays. Look at Vladimir Guerrero. Look at Kevin Biggio. Look at Bo Bichette. These are all kids. At least they're up and playing. And you know what? Yeah. They're playing well, too. So why don't we get Manning, Mize, Green, Torkelson, Fado? Why don't we just bring them up if we're going to tank this year? Let these guys tank with them so they get the experience. How many times did we say that during the summer last year? I know it. I know it. And we said it about, and you said it about Casey Mize, and they did yep. that. And how did Casey Mize do? But, exactly you know, that's, right. that's fine, though. I mean, it, the guy is so highly, you know, there's so right. much uh, pedigree to him. Everybody, there's got to be a reason behind it. So despite him sucking last year when he played, at least he played. I don't know what A.J. Hinch is thinking. Why would he come here if we're just going to totally tank this first season? There has to be a plan in place that we don't know. This doesn't look like a guy who wants to cheat. Uh, Hinch was right in part of the cheating scam in down. Well, I hope he doesn't want to cheat. No, let me let me finish. He wasn't my, the leader of it, but he let it happen. Yes. Yeah, he let it happen. And my point is now we're just dealing with what we have on the plate and we're not going out to get anybody yet. It was OK for him to do what he did as part of the group. Uh, down in Houston. We have to say goodbye to the radio. We got a lot more to talk about here, folks. Uh, A lot more. Uh, So stay with us, those of you listening online. I know you will. And for those of you listening on our radio affiliate in Toledo, thanks so much for for joining us. We appreciate your patronage. You've been listening, as always, to the No Filter Sports Podcast. So the Mets made a big offer to get George Springer. It came up just short. Uh, $125 million is what they bid. He's a local guy uh, you know, from the, the, the neighborhood uh, around Connecticut, the earring surrounding neighborhood. Mets made some other news, and it was not the kind of news that they or anybody else would want to make. As you know, they fired new general manager, fired him, Jared Porter, after he sent explicit pictures of himself to a female reporter. In fact, this creep 
sent some 60 texts to the female reporter oh in question. God. He never got a single response from her. So he then went for the coup de grace by sending well, a picture to her of that, his erect penis. That's not entirely accurate because well, they, then you tell me what is because that's what I read everywhere. I said it's not entirely accurate. So they were communicating. They were communicating via text message. This was a woman who worked. She was a foreign woman who was working with the organization right. and she with the Chicago Cubs and they had a text relationship where it started off. He was obviously flirting with her. She claims there was a language barrier, and she did make responses when he would send her a selfie and say, you like what you see? And she said, yes, LOL. I like that, blah, blah, blah. He took that as, oh, my God, this girl's really into me. So then he started getting a little aggressive, and that's when she decided to ghost him. That's when she decided, I'm not responding to any of these messages. Now, this is where he made the mistake, Jared Porter still reeling off those responses earlier where she 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 did basically make it look like she was somewhat interested this is where he goes off the rails and sends the 60 plus texts in a row he should have realized after the third text uh she doesn't want to talk to me anymore but no yeah. you're right he kept going he kept going and then yes he sent the uh the picture so of his this, this guy's career is this guy's career is is, is, is obviously ended. no he is a creep uh, so many boys, so many boys, we boys think with our little heads when we should be thinking with our big heads. But this guy goes beyond that. What happened to him? I am, however, reminded of the line once spoken by one of my personal heroes, Rodney Dangerfield. Remember this? When Rodney said, hey, did you hear the news? I gave my dick a name. Yeah. I didn't want a complete stranger making all my decisions for me. Well, you know, that's sinking, Denny. That's Brandon got a kick out of that. Well, I, did, I did. Waiting for I did. That to sink in but, but here's another thing that we have to realize about <laughs> about this story, and I'm serious about it here. Who has been the number one landing spot in all of Major League Baseball since December 13th, which is when they hired Jared Porter? It's the Mets. The Mets, Mets. got Marcus Stroman. The Mets got oh. James McCann. They got Trevor May. They made a trade for. He's the richest owner in all of baseball. We're sixteen yeah, billion dollars. They, Steve Cohen. they made a yeah. trade for Carlos Carrasco and uh, Francisco Lindor. They, they they avoided arbitration with Edwin Diaz and Noah Syndergaard in the short one month period. This guy was GM. He did some work. A lot of people were very impressed with him. And then he goes and he blows it all away over these text message scandal that was from three, four years ago. Yeah, I was going to say it was like why three, did, four, five years why ago. Why did ESPN, they've had the story since 2017. Yeah. Why right. did they hold on to the story until this kid finally gets his job, finally yeah. gets one month into his gig, does a pretty damn good job for the first month, and then they said, oh yeah, hey, you want to hear what this guy did in 2017? Let's cancel <laughs> him. He can't have a job anymore. So trust me, I know he's a creep. I read the story. I know that what he did was wrong, but this is also pretty wrong to go and dig things up from the past as soon as somebody gets a little bit of success. That you know that, that's Too what much. we saw with the free press when they hired Dan Campbell. Immediately it yeah. was like, hey, guess what Dan Campbell said when he was a college kid in 1998 when times were a little different. Guess what? And now part of this is because they're trying to avoid what happened with Matt Patricia where, hey, he gets hired and guess what? The very first press conference we got to ask, hey, did you rape that girl back in college? Because uh, mm. we have a story that you did. And so I, I don't know. This is this is a very weird time to live in. A it very is. weird time to have a high-profile job too. 
The environment. This the is the Brandon McAfee show with his sidekicks, <laughs> Denny McLean and Sorry. Bob Bay. I don't mean to rant, but I got something else for you, Brandon. I'm going to let you First, continue wait, to shine wait one here. One second. The That's environment. Sorry. And, you know, everything you say, you got to measure now. You got to really be careful. Sure. Uh, but but the environment is raw. It's raw. And if if you know what that means, then you're going to start thinking maybe a little bit harder about it because boys, it's not worth losing your job. It's not worth being an idiot uh, to a, a young lady and or whatever. Uh, but uh, we just got to think more about it before we do it. That's all. All right, Brandon, now it's your turn uh, to tell uh, Denny and me something about this because we don't know what the hell this is all about. And I don't think a lot of our listeners do either. Conor McGregor, everybody knows who that is now. Fighter. Saturday's UFC 257 main event against somebody named Dustin Poirier is a negative 315 favorite and is attracting the bulk of the action. The sports books are saying that McGregor uh, in this fight is the this is the biggest UFC event ever. Yeah. So uh, go ahead, Brandon. We don't know anything about this stuff. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't consider it the the greatest ever. Conor McGregor hasn't stepped in the octagon for a while, and that's why a lot of people are geeked about it. He is a presence. The guy has swagger. The yeah. guy. He just. He he knows how to make a name for himself. Obviously, he he made. A ton of money when he when he boxed Tons. Floyd Mayweather, and since then every single time anything has to do with this guy, there's big, 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 big dollars involved, and people like him. He's he's just kind of a a, a likable nice jerk, and so this is I I personally don't know. I don't know Dustin Poirier. You know, I know he's got a 26 and six record, but that's not impressive to me. To me in UFC, it's impressive when you got the undefeated guys going against the undefeated guys. So. Uh, I'm, I'm going to This is pay-per-view, well, obviously. What are yeah. they charging for this? What are they uh, much? Last time it was 60 bucks, 70 bucks. Yeah, uh, somewhere around there. I don't yeah. know. They'll get a bunch of views. UFC and, and, and MMA, it's a huge, yeah, it's huge. huge viewing uh, audience. So it, they'll make it, money, especially with Conor McGregor making his return. Yeah, and I won't, I won't disparage uh, what they do in any, in any way. So don't anybody jump off the uh, mountain before I get finished here. This is a... Remember now, the one sport that's had tons and tons and tons of trouble over the years has been boxing. And boxing has those kind of parameters that, that bad things can happen from time to time. This, now I'm, I'm talking, you know, out there in right field. I'm not saying these guys are doing this. But, boy, they have set this fight up to be the fight so they can have a second one. That's what it looks like to me. Boom, bang, ding, dong. That uh, just hits me that way for some reason, and I hope to God I'm wrong. This isn't boxing, of course, either. It's human cockfighting. I think I'm going to pass. Didn't you tell me that you bought that last fight, Denny? Did you buy the last close He bought the boxing. Yeah, he I bought, did. Did you buy a UFC one? I know you bought the Mike Tyson. The Tyson one I bought. But that wasn't yeah. MMA. Oh, okay. What was, well, there's was nothing else to do. Yeah. That's right? what we're talking about. There's nothing else to do except watch stuff on TV. But Brandon, right? so. Brandon, that was the what what I saw was just an exhibition, right? Yes, that was an exhibition, yeah. but that did very, very well. Very well. A lot yeah. of people watched it. I think COVID had a lot to do with it, but yeah. I, I think it also set up <laughs> it set up a slew of celebrity boxing because now we have 
Uh, teen stars <laughs> like Aaron Carter going to jump in the ring. I think Lamar Odom is going to have a boxing match soon. No. What? Yes. It's all, it's all because of the success of this Mike Tyson fight and, of course, that Jake Paul kid. Uh, and so we're going to see a lot more celebrities fighting. Oh, with the um, with the PGA Tour underway again following the two-season opening Hawaiian stops, don't expect to see Tiger for a while. He's no. undergone his fifth, fifth back surgery, going to miss at least the next two tournaments, and the rest of his schedule for this year is unknown at this point in time. So, Denny, Tiger's 45 years old now. Will he ever win another tournament on the PGA Tour, let alone a major, before he hits 50 and starts cleaning up on the Seniors Tour, if he's healthy for that? Well, first of all, I want to say if he's getting his fifth back operation, he's a he's a bigger man than me. Because boy, <laughs> I want the wheelchair. The, well, they're uh, not cutting on. They're not cutting him. I don't think from what I oh, read aren't? anyway. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, any part of your back hurts. You know, somebody says, "Boy, how's your back?" Oh, it's, it's awful. And then of course you you grimace and you do all the and the other things. But as far as this goes, eh, you know. It is what it is, right? I mean, there's, there's well, no... Well, are you going to answer my question? Does he ever win another PGA Tour event? Oh, no. I, I, I don't I don't see how unless it's on the senior tour. Yeah, I, I, say, I, don't, I say no, and I don't think he has to. I think the last I Masters win, that was the redemption that Tiger Woods needed. That was the comeback that he needed. That was the big one after the massive scandal in the early 2000s. Right. Speaking of which, HBO dropped their two-part... Uh, series just called Tiger. It was the Tiger Woods documentary. A lot of people have watched it. I recommend you guys take a listen to it and watch it too. It's just the rise and fall of probably the greatest golfer that yeah. you know we've ever seen. And you know, a lot of people will argue against you know Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas and stuff like that. But this is a guy who came in and turned golf mainstream. He brought in audience that would never have come, and we still see that when Tiger plays. We're looking at Tiger, even though he's sure. sometimes ranked 135th, everybody right. wants to see him hit still. And he can still hit it. Just an interesting character. And, 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 and the is. rise and fall, especially with all them women. Woo! What, oh, a, what a crazy life. Oh, boy. Don Sutton has died. Oh, man. That 75. Was yeah. Hall of Famer went 324, 256 losses in his career, struck out more than 3,500 batters. But there was still controversy when Don went in because he pitched so long. Um, I was fortunate enough, and I do mean this, fortunate enough to have met and interviewed him a number of times toward the end of his career, which he spent, you recall, in the American League. He pitched for the Brewers, the Athletics, and the Angels, in addition to the Dodgers. Just a super nice guy. Nice guy. Big star always approachable and now he's gone at 75 denny you must have done card shows with don sutton yeah did you know we did well? yeah he was very friendly to the folks uh he was great with the fans he took pictures with everybody and everything um he just and always would spend a little extra time if he was at the end of the show he would he would absolutely stand there and sign what's ever not signed and there aren't a lot of guys because they've all got a plane to catch they got to jump in a car they got to do this this and this but Don always made time uh, to sign that last piece of whatever it was. Memorabilia. <laughs> Speaking of great pitchers, what to do about Roger Clemens? At a Thursday article today, again, as we record this, 
USA Today points out that this is Roger Clemens' ninth year of eligibility for the Hall of Fame, the next to last year of his eligibility. So now think about this. In our court system in this country, you are always innocent until proven guilty. Roger Clemens never tested positive. He never flunked a single drug test. He never admitted to steroid use. No one believes he was clean. He was also acquitted of perjury, of obstruction of justice, and of making false statements to Congress when he denied using steroids. He was just guilty in the court of public opinion. Now, there have been several strongly suspected steroid users who did go into the hall, and I'm talking here about former Tigers catcher Pud Rodriguez. None had a more uh, smoking gun, if you want to use the term, than Roger Clemens with his personal trainer being the one detailing steroid use in the Mitchell report. So Clemens debuted on the Hall of Fame ballot in 2013. He got only 37.6% of the vote. He went above 50% for the first time in 2017. They have what's called the Thibodeau Hall of Fame tracker. He is at 71.2% now. Final number he needs is 75%, but the number this next week is actually expected to be, according to this tracker, 5% lower when the votes are announced on January 26th. Now, just to let you know, one week from today, Thursday, our guest is going to be the Baseball Hall of Fame columnist, writer Tom Gage, now retired from the Detroit News. We'll, we're going to talk with him about a lot of this stuff. New Hall of Fame inductees being announced, as I said, the day before. Denny, Roger Clemens, should he go in or not? Uh, I I don't believe he should go in. Uh, You're crazy. A, a, a ton of lies, we're told. A ton of everything was told. And uh, then he had his wife be a part of it. Um, th this was crazy. This thing got so far out of control, uh, it, it borders on insaneness. Um, and I just, uh, and I like Roger. Listen, Roger's a good guy. That's a nice guy. Yeah, he really is. But I'm going to tell you, you know, it's, I see. I don't think they handled the thing in Houston very well either. Give everybody immunity. I mean, uh, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to me that they're they're on both sides of the fence with most of these issues all of a sudden. Right, well, well, Barry Bonds is not a nice guy, believe me, and no, he's, he's in the same situation. He's his support is growing and growing, and we'll see what comes out this year. So, Brandon, you're of the generation. Sure. Uh, you were a kid. You were a boy when these were big stars, and you had their baseball cards, and I'm sure you idolized them. Absolutely. Do you think those? Do you think those guys should go in the Hall of Fame? I look at some of the names of people who are already in the Hall of Fame, and I don't know how you keep out an MVP, a triple crown winner, uh, uh, the, the two-time World Series, uh, all-star MVP. He was a seven-time well, well, they cheated. They, they cheated. Young. They cheated. That's Everybody cheats out. in one way, shape, or form. Everybody oh, cheats. Boy, come on. I don't know about this. No, that's not I true. don't know about this. Okay. That's not true. Yeah, come I on. mean, my, my boyhood hero, of course, being from Detroit originally, was Al Kaline. Al Kaline cheated. Everybody cheats in one way or another. He, I don't think I'm so. sure that there was a time where, come on, we, Denny's told stories about guys he knows that used Preparation H and used Absolutely. different things. Absolutely. John Wyatt. So, I mean, if, <laughs> he's if, not in the Hall of Fame and not under consideration. Well, if you don't, <laughs> you think he was the only one? I'm just saying, when you have guys who have the greatest. I don't, this is going to change. It's definitely going to change because you're going to reach a point where the core voting uh, individuals are going to be people who remember these boyhood favorites. Now, 
you take a look at Barry Bonds and the numbers alone. If you have to open up a steroid wing in the Hall of Fame, do it. But these guys need to be in. It's ridiculous. It's a stupid. I, really, I completely disagree with you 100. Well, then I want every this. single player that's in the Hall of Fame that were able to play before African Americans were ever to play. I want them out because I consider that cheating because they're not playing against the best talent. Ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. I just don't agree with you. And I don't and Danny doesn't either. And I don't think you're gonna find a lot of support. I would be willing to venture that you're not gonna find a lot of support for this among people of your generation. It's just, I mean, the thing about Bonds and Clemens, which drives you crazy, they both would have been Hall of Famers. They both were among the greatest players of all time. They didn't need to cheat, and yet well, they the, did. And Why? Yet the, thing, the thing that, uh, while they were trying to keep it a secret, they, it was impossible because their bodies changed. I mean, Rodriguez's body put 40 pounds on. He looked like Monster Man. You know, we're talking about these teams cheating and, you know, and using steroids, yet players now are hitting more home runs per season than the steroid guys were. They're, guys they're right bigger now, and stronger. And they guys right now are throwing faster reason. than any of the pitchers that use steroids. Come on. They're using. There's all kinds of reasons why they're hitting home runs more, but and that's and there's not only one. And there is not only one reason why they're hitting home runs. I no. mean, you know, between the bad between the bad pitching, and the smaller ballparks, those are just two points that will absolutely inflate the numbers. And, it's going to happen. Pitchers throw harder. Pitchers throw harder than they did in your day. Generally speaking, so the ball's going out farther too. Ball's going yeah. out farther. So I want to get to your mailbag, but last and certainly least on this program, I have an acquaintance who, like Mark Fellower of our own Red Shovel Network, who's appeared on this show quite a bit with us, is actually a soccer fan. Came up in a conversation I had with him yesterday. He told me, Brandon, did you know this? I know Fellower watched. Yeah, I bet he told me there was, something there was a huge match mm. last Sunday. He was so excited about the famous Manchester United going up against Liverpool, English Premier Division. He asked me to guess what the final score of that match was. Naturally, I said 1-0, like most <laughs> soccer matches. You just don't know which team is going to win 1-0. Uh-uh, he laughed. The final score of the match, 0-0. Oh my goodness. Of course. It's whatever, whatever, as they say, whether it's <laughs> Fellower or anybody else or my, my acquaintance, whatever floats your boat. Well, go ahead. Cristiano Ronaldo, he's made the news. He's the big, handsome superstar soccer player. And would you just recognize him if he sat next to you on a bus? Are you kidding me? Absolutely. I, I, he's I probably the most famous athlete in the entire world. Not denying that. I wouldn't recognize him if he sat next well, to me on a bus. Well, he just scored his 760th goal, I, and so I'm, he's considered the greatest really goal scorer yeah. of and all was time. Was that guy Rooney who just retired the other day? Right? Uh, I, I know the of Rooney. The soccer player named Rooney. He's I a huge I don't know star if he too. retired. I thought he was. Yeah. I thought Wayne wouldn't Rooney retired him. 10 yeah, years Yeah, Wayne Rooney. I think, yeah, he just announced his retirement. I saw that the other day. I too. see. I see. But you know, you guys did kind of skip over, and this is something I wanted to ask you. Uh, Philip Rivers has hung him up. Philip Rivers, yeah. uh, you know, he famously played for, what was it, 17 years, 134 yeah. and Drew wins. Brees is going to. Yeah, they'll go out together. 63,000 yards, 421 yeah. touchdowns, and unfortunately zero Super Bowls. But he did go 12-12 and 12 in the playoff, and that's a, that's a lot more playoff wins than I've ever seen the, the Detroit Lions win. But the, the big question is going to be, because I already, <laughs> listen, I already hear these people that are like, is Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer? And, and, and when if anybody that says Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer, then, then Philip Rivers is a shoe-in. 
for the for the NFL Hall of Fame. Well, Philip Rivers is a shoe in. He's going to the Hall of I Fame. I think so too. Yeah, no question about that. Yeah, and just... Stafford's got to play a little more, put up some you know some more numbers. Uh, we have to wait and see just how far that back of his is going to last him. And maybe maybe Matthews gets his uh, maybe maybe he gets lucky. Maybe he wins the lottery and the NFLs trade him away and he and he stays healthy and he wins a Super Bowl somewhere. You don't know yet. The book hasn't been written about Matthew Stafford. Danny, you ready for the mailbag, buddy? Oh, God, yes. Here we go. You can tweet us, tweet Denny, at MU2Denny, or me, at Bob Page Sports. David Four asks, do I have this correct? Rod Wood, a disaster since arriving and with no football experience, is basically president of operations of the Lions. With Brad Holmes, no general manager's experience, now new, the new general manager, reporting to Wood. And head coach Dan Campbell, with no head coaching experience to speak of, reporting to Brad Holmes, and new defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn, with no defensive coordinator experience, reporting to, to, to Campbell. Yes, David, you uh, have it right. And everybody is going to report to Sheila. As I said earlier, Denny, in Sheila we trust, right? Craig well, Backus tweeted. I, I don't buy all of that, but uh, part of it is certainly true. Well, that, those are just facts about the lack of experience these guys have. And Dan Campbell's six-year contract. Yeah, you'll, six you'll, have him to, you'll have him to kick around for a while. Craig Backus uh, tweeted, I have moved from Rochester, New York to Detroit, and then I moved to Fort Worth, Texas, and I have cured my Lions fandom. I've just reverted the Buffalo <laughs> Bills nation. Congrats, Craig. I mean, you get it, and this is how you do it, folks. Brandon, yeah. this is how you do it, buddy. Mm -hmm. You adopt the team. We've all experienced this before. So let's say you're just watching a game out of your market, Detroit, presumably. You know how it is, and you suddenly find yourself rooting for one team over the other. Let's say you're a big fan of certain players, and I was. I never missed for a long time a Golden State Warriors game. God, I love Steph Curry. Love to watch him shoot. So yeah, I was kind too. of a Warriors fan. Yeah. Well, you can do it, folks. There's no number yet for FLs Anonymous, but hopefully there will be someday. All right, all and you right. too. Everybody does this. Everybody does this. Every Lions fan does this. When the playoffs start, you kind of pick a team that you're at least rooting yeah, for in absolutely. one way, shape, or form. But, you know... No matter what, and, and yes, this year I'm a big Bills fan. A lot of that stems from fantasy. A lot of that stems from just the performance and how fun they've been to watch. Uh, I do really enjoy Bills Mafia, which is which is their fan base. They're jumping through tables every single weekend. It's just fun to watch. I, I like that team because you know we've seen them struggle. We've seen them be one of the worst teams in the league, and here they are. They've finally overcome. So yes, for me personally... I'm a Bills fan throughout the playoffs, but I'll never, no matter what, no matter how many years of disappointment, which I'm sure there's plenty more to come, I will always be a Detroit Lions fan because it's just where I'm from. I'm not going to give up on them. And when, you know, if anything can happen, what if they were to shoot to the Super Bowl next year? I would say, Bob Page, you're not allowed to root for them because you turn your back on them. <laughs> oh, and I won't be. Oh, and I won't be. Don't worry about that. And you're a young man, Brandon. You have a lot of years of frustration left before it's you, fine. too, it's, will it's fine, give up on the Detroit Lions. But it's always my team. It will be my team. I will root for them. Yeah, and even when they go Never say never and never say always, Brandon. You're a young man. You don't have any idea what's going to happen in the future. We're, we're, we're 30. Denny's, what, 35, 40 years older than you are. How much more of this can you take, Brandon? But you know what? We'll find out. If you we're know still what? here to see it, that is. Denny's, Denny's Bears, he's still a Bears fan through I and sure through. Am. And that's how I'm well, going to be It seems to me Chicago Denny's Bears age. have been to a couple Super Bowls. Well, seems to me they won a Super Bowl. That's true. But you know what? 
I bet you if they hadn't won a Super Bowl, I bet you Denny would still be pulling for his still hometown be a Bears team. Bears fan. Yep. 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 <laughs> well, I mean, Greg Gaines. It's called says loyalty, Denny, Bob Page, and you have yep. none. I shouldn't have any. You know why? Because the Fords stole my football team. They laughed at me. They thumbed their noses at me. And I'm talking me as a metaphor for everybody in Southeast Michigan. They're not going to sell this team. And they they lift a big middle finger to us. Every time the Detroit Lions take the field, the Fords lift a big middle finger to us. Bob, you know, the fans here are entertained by the Lions. Don't ask me how, why, when. I, 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 I don't get it. But it's their game. <laughs> it's their city. It's their stadium. It's their Matthew Hey, they're Stafford. losers, but they're our losers, okay? That's exactly <laughs> right. Because and, and so, before you're going to get shot by that guy on the corner, you want to know who he is. <laughs> Greg Gaynor says Denny is wrong about Michigan fans not remembering the 2007 U of M MSU game once Chad Henney came in and won it with those two late drives. Once Chad got on the field, I immediately sent a text to Michigan State friends of mine reminding them back when he beat little brother, Greg's a big Michigan fan, they reminded me that Henney also lost to Appalachian State. But I still like Chad Henney and had just earned so much respect for him and what he did in bringing Michigan back at East Lansing to win that yeah. game. And we, we, we mentioned this, of course, in the context of Chad perhaps, we don't know yet, starting Sunday's game for the Kansas City Chiefs if Mahomes can't go. Yeah. Wow. Steven goes by the Twitter handle Detroit Forever. Sounds like your attitude about the Lions, Brandon. And he writes, Bob, you are correct. Kirk Gibson was an ass. Me and my cousin scored tickets to opening day. It was Gibby's first game. Afterwards, we met Ernie Harwell in the Tigers parking lot. We spent 15 minutes talking with Ernie. We saw Gibby, who told us to get lost. Never liked him since then. Friend of the show, Kurt Kozmowski, wrote us about our guest, Phil Hubbard, from the other day. Great interview, guys. Rarely does a player whose career did not pan out as projected seem so content as Phil did. Yeah, It nice speaks man. to speaks to a well-grounded, balanced person. Hubbard was an incredible player until his injury. The fact that he achieved what he achieved even after that injury is a testament to how great a player Phil was. It was just great to hear from him, and I am a Michigan State fan. Also great that you were working in Brandon so much. Working in? He owned this show today. McLean and I hardly got to say a word, sorry, damn it. Sorry. I've, working I've, him in. I've been going on rants today. I apologize. <laughs> That's all right. I had two cups of coffee it's this no, morning. You appeal to the two. younger audience. <laughs> I'm just wired. <laughs> when you must just, have lost count of them. <laughs> when it was just Denny and, and, and Zeret and, and, and me sitting around here, we're just appealing to a lot of old fogies in the audience. We need the younger audience. Brandon, that's your job. You suck the all kids right. in on this show. Right. You can it? get in touch with us with your comments. <laughs> Love to hear from you. Website submissions at nofilterspodcast.com. <laughs> or you can also email us asknofilter at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can call us, text us, leave a message, the phone number 760-89-BALLS. And finally today, this comes from Keith in Oak Park. He says, you guys were talking about Bill Freehan ending up in the Hall of Fame, or of course not ending up in the Hall of Fame, where Denny feels he belongs. Keith says, I wonder if Freehan would have played for the Yankees in New York if he'd be in the Hall of Fame by now. Yep. And Ooh. I feel the same way about Lou Whitaker. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. 
Mm-hmm. Especially Lou Whitaker. Yeah, if he was donning, yeah, if he if he was wearing a Yankee uniform, you better believe he'd be in. Well, well, I hope uh, that the uh, Michigan game is played Friday night against Purdue. Yeah, me too. And I'm sure hoping. I'm looking forward to the NFL games on Sunday. I'm planning my TV schedule over the weekend because <laughs> I got nothing to do, and I don't want to fall into this deep dark malaise. <laughs> We are going to be back here, and we're going to be in a good mood, aren't we, boys? Come Monday, yes, we are. we're going to talk about everything that's been going on, and we're going to attempt to lift our spirits and hopefully lift yours with us. So thanks Absolutely. for joining us on the show. <laughs> Have, Have a, a good weekend, weekend everybody. everybody. Stay safe.